0: Calling,
1: examine your heart and don't take it unworthy manner yeah i do hate that person i don't care until so they, they hope they go to hell and i take in communion that's an unworthy manner because i'm unrepentant i'm unrepentant and i'm taking the blood that's supposed to clear the record and clear my heart on taking the blood in an unworthy manner i think it's so important to get our heart right or don't take it i mean at least, uh, be honest and don't take communion then if you're still, lord i'm struggling through this i can't get there right now i cannot forgive that person i then don't i wouldn't take it because paul goes on to say that's why many of you are sick and have died whoa
2: thank you for joining us here at west side christian fellowship located in leona valley california one hour north of los angeles Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the fifth and final part of this timely message from Pastor Shane titled, Brace for Impact, Are You Ready for War? Are you afraid or racked with anxiety? Are you playing games with God? Today, Pastor Shane preaches the hope found exclusively in Jesus Christ, encouraging all to repentance and to take the right step forward for this beginning new year. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at Westside We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged Weekly Podcast. And and now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman.
1: I was able to go to the thing we, we did, uh, Don did at the library, where we offered uh, something alternative to the, the drag queen. I don't even know how drag queen story hour can get a library. That's a whole nother talk. But we offered something for the kids, and it was packed. It was completely packed at the library in Lancaster. Just offer See, you got to do something. Just for sitting at home praying it might be good for some things, but some things we got to go out and make a difference and shine the light and hold the line. God honors bold, tenacious faith that doesn't retreat. Ask Peter or Paul or James or G- how, how, did they have to do anything, or just sit back in their hut and <laughs> they had to do things. But we don't want to put too much emphasis in our doing. It's God who goes before us, but we have to, because I, in God's will, you're either, you're either advancing the kingdom, you're holding the line, so you don't go back, or you're retreating, going backwards. And God says to hold that line. Even today, when an enemy takes ground, they're often called to hold that line. Failure to do so results in retreat and defeat. And this is where the majority of the church finds herself today. So I'm going to go over just a few things to remind you of spiritual warfare, because armies check their weapons before war, correct? And I had a lot more to go into, but I'm going to have to hold it for the next time. But 2 Corinthians 10, 2 Corinthians 10, very famous verse, but this is so important for, for us today. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. And remember this, words can serve as weapons. Your words are weapons as well. That's what we're being, getting, being hit with a lot of things, aren't we? In Sacramento, they're writing words on legislation. Washington, words, and and this person's speech and words, and this article, words, words can be weapons as well. Divine power is needed. Basically saying this battle is not going to be fought with our hands and with weapons that we think of. It's going to be a spiritual battle for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought not some now I've got my YouTube thinking over here I got my conspiracy th- thinking over here I'll follow this ungodly movement over here but then try to serve God on Sunday maybe go to Wednesday study when I can maybe open the Bible no every thought has to be brought under God's control to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. In other words, it reads as if we have an obligation, as we're obeying God. We're 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 to expose the unfruitful works of darkness. And so I said earlier, demolishing stinking thinking and high things. He talks about high things are here. High things are proud things. We see. Are we seeing any pride today? Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, casting down every high thing, every prideful thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So all these prideful people shaking their fists in the in the face of Almighty God, we are called to pull down those things, not necessarily physically, but in prayer and and fasting and worship and and going in and contend and make a difference in our community. Be that salt. Be that light. Every thought here, every thought, again, I want to talk about this for a minute. Lingering thoughts that are fed can grow. Why he says every thought is because of this. Do you ever have a lingering thought that's not probably a good one? And if you notice, if you keep feeding it, it just keeps growing. This happens a lot with offense in the church. You ever been offended by somebody in the church? Give it time. They offended you. They upset you. And what do you do with that thought? If you can't continue to kind of let it straggle out there and, and, and you begin to think about it, you begin to feed it, it begins to grow and it becomes a root of bitterness in our heart. And we have to we have to remove that as quick as possible. being ready to punish all disobedience. Obedience draws a line in the sand, and it is a weapon. This is so important about obeying God's word. It's not just obeying it for the sake of obeying it. You're obeying it as a, it's a weapon. As you obey God's word, you fill with the spirit of God, and you can go out and do things that God wants you to do. Now I'm going to step on some toes in a minute. you okay with this? If not, now might be a good time for a bathroom break. I won't look, I won't look, but I'm going to talk to you that's briefly, it's really important about an often overlooked war zone that will help a lot of people this year. An often overlooked war zone, physical health can affect spiritual health when we are convicted to make some changes and we fail to do so. Okay, the spiritual and the physical are interwoven. I'm going to read here from Joel. I think it's Joe Becky and Nick Thomas. They wrote a book. If you don't believe me, spend a week sleeping no more than four or five hours, eat nothing but junk food and see how it affects your walk with the Lord, your emotions and your ability to handle life's problems. So why is this so important? Why do you bring this up? Well, a couple different reasons. Everything from anger and anxiety and depression and fear and laziness, all of these things are often affected by how we treat the temple of the Holy Spirit. So to avoid this topic, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense. Because it really, really impacts us at a very deep level. And that's why I'm unapologetic on this issue. God has called me in this unique area. The fruit has been overwhelming that we hear from people. And often the critics of what I'm talking about are just convicted. So I can't allow the conviction of critics to determine which way I take the direction of my of the ministry God has called us to. Here's why food can affect mood. Addiction can dull the sword of the spirit, and gluttony can quench faith and rust the breastplate. Think about it. If what I said is not true, let me know after service. But if it is true, because what I see is a lot of people not taking care of this, and they're going through life very fragile, very emotional, high-strung, irritable, anxious, moody, they run to the doctor, run to their prescription, they can barely get through life. Spiritual warfare, are you kidding me? I can't even get through this life. And a lot of it has to do with what we're putting in. Straight up. I've seen it more times than I can count. Thousands, thousands, pastor, give me a break. Thousands. When I worked in all the time, all the time, it affects at a very deep level affects at a very deep level how we can function. And I just think I want to help those people who want to take that step and they know they are convicted. And that's why we promote fasting often. Fasting on the other hand increases spiritual strength. Fasting increases spiritual strength when instead of overindulgence weakens us. Now I'm a fellow struggler, so don't feel don't feel like I'm pointing you out. Is my problem eating too little or eating too much? Hello. I can relate. And I know how I feel when I'm doing better. And I, and I know how I feel when I'm ignoring the convictions of God. Ephesians 6, 18. Pray at all times. Hmm. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Now, I didn't get to a lot more of, of what I want to say. I want to hold that on a little bit, but it ends with this. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, you can, you know, some people... um uh, make that into you know uh, speaking in tongues other people uh, make it into something else it's the bottom line is there should be a, a uh, uh, your prayer life should be in harmony with the Holy Spirit you're praying for the things of God you're you're praying and you're br- making every request be known as your heart pumps blood life to every cell in the body prayer pumps spiritual life to the body did you catch that your blood is amazing. Life and death is in the, the, the blood. Boy, life and death is in the power of time. The, the, the life is in the blood. In Leviticus, it talks about everything that is in the blood is very, very alive and brings a lot of things to the body. And just as that, that heart pumps that blood to every cell in your body, prayer pumps spiritual life to the body as well. Blood brings nutrients and oxygen to the cells. Prayer is also life-giving in itself. Blood carries away physical waste. Prayer carries away mental waste and demonic strongholds. Blood fights infections. Prayer fights spiritual contamination. Oh, if you are weak in prayer, you are weak everywhere. Amen? We should, put, we should post that in our homes. If I am weak in prayer, I am weak everywhere. Folks, to be armored up for this next year and to really have on the, the whole armor of God, we don't need necessarily a lot more information. We need a lot more prayer. We need to be seeking God like never before. Some of us need spiritual dialysis. I even put it in red so you don't miss it. Do you, Does everyone know what dialysis is? Well, if you don't, the body is no longer functioning very well. The kidneys and and things like the liver and things that, that used to clean, the blood can no longer do their job, so your blood has to go out of the body into a cleaning mechanism and then it's put back into the body. And that's what happens to a lot of us. Some of us need spiritual dialysis. We need we need to be cleaned up in this area. We need to we need to g- g- filter through God's word and filter through prayer and and get back on our faces before God. And again a reminder of what I started with they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony and they did not love their life to the death. So I don't know where everyone is here this morning, but they overcame Jesus by the blood. So number one, do, you, do, you, do, you, has the blood of Jesus Christ washed away your sins? If not, you have to start here. This is where it all begins. That blood is so powerful. It is so precious that they overcame him by the blood of Jesus and their testimony. And they did not love their life. What does that have to do with anything? Well, if I love my life, I'm definitely not going to love the things of God. Do you see the, op- the the opposing force here? Oh, I love my life. I'm not going to say anything bad. I'm going to I'm just going to get on the side of Mark Zuckerberg so I can use his his bunker in Hawaii. I don't want, I don't want you two to be upset and I don't want, I, I love my life and I want people to like me and it's all of it no matter what it takes and, and, and now God calls me away from all that. Whoever loves his life will lose it. What? <laughs> die to self. What, Lord, whatever you want me to do, what is your will for me? I'm yours. That's, that's like the complete opposite of this. This is mine, 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 mine. My will, my desires, the money I want to make, the career I want to have, mine, 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 mine. God says, die to that. Give it to the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to do? And I can tell you, I've never, ever, ever heard someone say, when I fully surrendered my life, it was the worst decision I've ever made. Have you ever heard that? Now, they might go through some challenges, They might say, I fully surrendered my life and all hell broke loose. Uh, It's not what I thought. Uh, It's not my best life now. This This is challenging. This is warfare. But they never regret surrendering their life to God. Why? Why? Because he's in control. No matter what happens. Lord, this is your this is your bill. This is your financial situation. This is my health crisis. Lord, it's yours. My situation I'm going through. Lord, help me through. And it relieves so much pressure. Why is this group always on medication? Always depressed. Always, and they're millionaires, in many cases, or billionaires, or they've got the, the famous athletes. They're miserable. Because you were never designed to be an idol and have people worship you. You were designed to worship God. That's the big difference. So we would love to pray with you this morning um, next door in the prayer room. If If you want to make that decision today, and say, I've been playing games with God. I need to repent. I need to finally repent and believe, not leaning on my parents' testimony, not leaning on my past, you know, good works. I'm, I'm, I, I need to make this decision. And that's why we have communion available too. So communion is going to be available during the closing worship. And communion is a time where we remember quite, quite simply, you remember the blood that was, that was spilled. And that's what each one you just pick up. This, we pick up both of them and the element, the, the little wafers underneath. This is a reflection. This is a reminder of his body. The body that was broken. The body that was bruised. I don't know why he had to go through all that. It, it's just, it's just incredible when you look at the magnitude and it was, it was spit on, hit, mocked, ridiculed. The body was ripped open for you and for me. And you remember that body, and then you remember the blood that was shed. Without the shedding of this blood, there is no remission of sin. There's no removal because a penalty had to be paid. So when we we, we know the Bible talks about the wrath of God is being poured out, and, and we are under that wrath, we're under the condemnation of God, what's the penalty a sinner can pay? My own blood? No way. The blood of Jesus. And so we remember both of these at communion. And you take it during worship. You can come up at your leisure, but the Bible also says make sure to examine your heart first. And this is so important because many people they're going to hold on to that bitterness they might have against maybe somebody in the church, this church. They're going to you know what? I don't care. I'm going to I'm going to hold on to that bitterness. I'm going to be I'm I'm, I'm, I hate them. I hate them. Have you ever felt that way? No, nobody. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Maybe I'm ashamed to admit it, but I have. I have. If you went through what I went through, you mm, you'd hate some people too. But you can't stay there. You say, Lord, that's a wrong thought. If you forgave me, <laughs> how much more? You said love your enemies. if you love a believer, what's good what good is that? Any, everybody does that but love your enemy and you take that thought captive you say Lord, that's wrong. and I repent and you change your mind about that situation about that person very very quick, very easy. Will it try to come back again? sometimes especially if they're a thinker right they keep they keep probing you. And they keep messing with you. My biggest thing I have to do with this area is those armchair quarterbacks and those critics who are nasty. They don't even live here. And they're just nasty, mean people. Say things about my wife or my kids or church or me. And mm, that hate just comes up. Boy, I hope I don't run into you somewhere. Because it might be old school Shane Idleman. I don't know. (laughs) Lord, that thought's wrong. Help me. Lord, that's wrong. I, that's that's the flesh. That's come, Lord, please. And as you do that, joy comes. Have you ever been there? Joy comes. And you love them. How do I just go from how do I love them now? And I'm praying for them. I love them. I truly do. And and then they post something mean in a couple of weeks and then you here comes the hate again, right? It's like but that's when you take communion, Paul said, Examine yourself, examine your heart, and don't take it in an unworthy manner. So be like me saying, you know what? Yeah, I do hate that person. I don't care until they, I hope they go to hell. I'm not cussing. I'm just saying, I hope they go, you know. And I don't don't care. And I take in communion. That's an unworthy manner because I'm unrepentant. I'm unrepentant. And I'm taking the blood that's supposed to clear the record and clear my heart. I'm taking the blood in an unworthy manner. So I I think it's so important to get our hearts right. Or don't take it. I mean, uh, be honest and don't take communion then. If you're, Lord, I'm struggling through this. I can't get there right now. I cannot forgive that person. Then don't, I wouldn't take it. Because Paul goes on to say, that's why many of you are sick and have died. Whoa. But I can see that. And it it wasn't, you know, 2,000 years ago, somebody named Ananias and Sapphira. God didn't play. They lied in the early church, gone. And you can I can see like somebody coming in every every time we do this. I hate them. I don't care. I hate them. I don't care. And they just keep they just keep, you know, a couple years go by and that bitterness will will destroy you from the inside out. That 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 hatred and that those sin or what about, you know what? I know I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I'm living with my girlfriend, but I don't care. And I'm going to live with her tonight. And we have no plans and you, they go through communion, that's an unworthy manner. It says, check your heart. I can keep going down the list if you want. I, 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 can, I can get your zip code at some point. Let me think here. How many people come and take communion and have no real desire to give up their porn habit? Don't take it in a worthy manner get your hearts right before communion it's so powerful do you know why I have them put this up here now it's a reminder do you know this this used to be up front in the early church for hundreds of years not this everything the whole service was centered around communion and you can research I think of the reformers and the pulpit became the primary which you know it's probably not in and of itself a bad thing but we, we, we drifted away from the whole reason why we're here communion is central it's powerful no other promise so that tells me if it can make me sick or lead to death could it also bring healing there's power in the blood there's power in the blood take it take it in a worthy manner
0: He's calling, wake up, child. It's your shine.
2: You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at Westside Christian Fellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with his ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of regaining lost ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not.